Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, first things first, I want to give a major shout out to Mickey Linden for leaving me such a sweet review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it so much. If you would like a shout out on the podcast, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, search Paradox Shoot Box, and then leave us a review. And I will be sure to give you a little shout out here on the show. So today is episode 28. And before I get into talking about our artists that we have on the show, I wanted to talk really quickly about the Music on the Move Studios showcase that will be at City Winery on November 7th. And uh, so the doors open at 630. The show starts at 8. Make sure that you get your tickets. Citywinery.com slash Nashville. Links will be in the show notes for that. And I just want to let you know who's going to be on that particular show. We have our fan favorite, our girl, Meg Williams. She's also a Hellcat, wonderful human being. But then we've also got the rock your socks off, melt your face amazingness of Monty Mater, who has also been on the show. We've got Katie Baston, and we've also got Summer Belt. And so I really and kind of sad that I'm not going to be able to see this show, but I needed to take the month of November to not gig and to try to sleep a little bit because I don't know about you guys. I'm not really ready for the fact that it's almost Thanksgiving and Christmas and I'm sitting here sipping my coffee trying to figure out where the hell 2021 went because I feel like I pretty much started gigging hardcore in March and I really didn't stop until the beginning of November. So I don't know about you, but that's that's where my life is at. I'm going to take a quick sip of coffee because my life hurts right now. So let's get into episode 28. We have the wonderful Alyssa Lazar that is with us today. And so Alyssa's influence is just to kind of give you an idea of what her sound is going to be reminiscent of. She's a huge, huge Elton John fan, which just makes my heart happy. And if any of y'all have seen me perform, you know that I love wearing my Elton John t-shirt from Bluff Agency. Shout out, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm a huge Elton fan. So we bonded over that really quickly. Uh, she also loves Billy Joel, Lady Gaga, and Queen, all of whom I am also madly in love with I love all of this music and I love Alyssa's music too because I hear all these elements and it's so cool so I love it when you can when you can literally hear the influences and the artists playing and in their writing I think it's just I think it's really awesome and it's you know you're kind of paying an homage to the people that came before you and taught you everything that you know so uh, her piano influence pop rock sound is super cool and she's been so gracious as to let us debut her song New Hustle from her new EP. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into New Hustle and then we'll get to talking and you'll get to know Alyssa as well as I did. Here is New Hustle by Alyssa Lazar. Thank you. 
Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. It is your host, Katie Thompson. And with me today, I have Alyssa Lazar. Friend, thank you so much for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have to tell you, I'm so sorry that I didn't have the opportunity to see you at the last showcase that you were on. Uh, I was playing shows in Ohio. So hopefully when I get back down there in October, we'll, uh, we'll get to hang out. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, gosh, yeah, that would be great. I know, like, I never blame musicians for not being able to get to musician shows because we all are playing the same time. Right. I know, and it's so hard when you when you have all these friends that are playing, and you're like, oh, I want to see your show, but wait, I have a show. Damn. Oh, I know. <laughs> cool. So so was it a good time? Did you have fun at, uh, at City Winery? It was such a great time, um, and I love just getting to play in showcases that are all women, and it was all women backing yeah. um, the artists, which is just so cool. There's so many women in music that are not being heard and not being pushed, so just to get to be able to be a completely female forefront for that show was so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's that's why Aaron started it up. That you know, that's the whole thing is that women aren't represented well enough, and especially in Nashville. So, uh, I'm just glad that you that you came on, and I know you killed it. Aaron said that everybody did a fantastic job. So, um, do do you remember who was in the backing band who was playing for you? Uh, Kristen Ford. Nice. She was on guitar. Was it the Lauren Horrible on drums? I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't Was it Danielle, maybe? Danielle. I don't think it was Danielle. I'm going to have to ask Aaron, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, Well, cool. I'm glad that you guys had a good time. Kristen's hilarious, though. That chick is so much fun to play with. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I... I love her. She and she's such a good person too. Yeah. <laughs> After the show, and she was like, "Oh, you're younger than I thought you were." And I was talking about how I don't, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I am running out of time. I think that's how every musician feels, especially <laughs> female musicians. And she was like, "Man, you can't put that pressure on yourself. You got to relax." Oh, bless. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) no she's cool all right well so so let's let's talk about your origins friend so i know you're from scranton pa yeah cool all right so just you know kind of walk me and the listeners through you know how you got your start in scranton yeah so born and raised in the electric city and um obviously there's not a huge music scene there but there are a lot of opportunities to play at like various bars, restaurants, whatnot growing up. But as a kid, you're not going to be able to play in a bar. Right. So um, I started taking up like any singing opportunity I could uh, when I was in elementary school, whether it's the national anthem at a local football game or baseball game or like a triple A baseball game, things like that. Um, and then by the time I was in early high school, I started 
to go into bars and restaurants and be like, hey, um, my name's Alyssa. I play music. I play keys. I sing. I write songs. I'd love to play here. And occasionally the band playing would let me play a song with them. And I started to kind of get my in. And just like Nashville, it's a small town. So, like, once you have an in, you start to get noticed and asked to play other places. And so it became a thing that I would do about every week, about three-hour sets every week, just me and my keyboard. And I think that's really what sculpted the way I perform and the way that I sound and how piano-driven that sound has become. Nice. So talk about talk about that sound then. How did it sculpt you? So I, I grew up on classic rock. Um, I think most everybody who has parents who love music grew up on classic rock. We all have that in common. Yep. <laughs> um, but I, I had always been infatuated by it for sure and then in high school when I started playing those gigs um the audience that I'm playing for is obviously super into classic rock they're that sort of demographic and so that just became my go-to music like Elton John Carole King Billy Joel that was that was most of what I listened to all throughout high school um both learning their songs and just like enjoying it the most and you know in music you are what you eat and what you listen to the most is what will affect your sound the most and so I just became super connected to that that's awesome well I can definitely see from your website that you're definitely an Elton fan because you got the star glasses and you got this (laughs) this awesome glam rock thing going on um I'm a massive Elton fan too so oh he is He's probably my number one. It's a tough question, but uh, love <laughs> <him> so much. <laughs> well, it's it's hard not to love Elton and everything that he's done in his career. So, um, actually, I have a I have a T shirt from Bluff Agency. She's the I don't know if you've seen her stuff at some of the showcases, but she's the one that does all this d- distressed uh, clothing. Oh, okay, okay. So she ordered me an Elton shirt, and then she distressed it and bleached it. And it's, like, my favorite freaking shirt in the world. It's the coolest thing ever. I'll send you a picture of it. Oh, my gosh, yeah, please do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, and you know what's so funny is I was listening to some of your music. Like, I just kind of shut my eyes for a second, and I'm like, yeah, I totally hear Elton in in your playing, (laughs) for sure. Well, and I love the way that, that you're merging, like, this you know, glam rock pop thing and those influences are very clear. So I think that, you know, just like you said, you definitely are what you eat as far as what you consume and, you know, as, as a listener. And I think that, you know, your playing is really, really indicative of Elton John. Gosh, that is so nice. Thank you. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Okay, so so okay, you're in high school trying to get some gigs, you know, then just kind of like, you know, give us a little bit of a timeline of what happens after that. Yeah, so um I had I w- I was one of those people who had wanted to be in music since I was a little kid and when you're a little kid, I think you have this idea that you make it when you're like 16. Yeah. <laughs> um I was definitely one of those people. Um, So I I didn't think that I would go to college. I figured I would be be fully in music 
by mid high school or something. So I, I didn't really know how to go about that. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm not from a big city. So it's, it's kind of unnatural for something huge to happen like that. Right. And, um, coming out of high school, I had always known that I wanted to move to Nashville and pursue music there. Um, a lot because of Taylor Swift, obviously grew up loving Taylor Swift. I think every (laughs) girl that grows up writing songs does she is amazing love her and I had always heard her talk about Nashville and how it's music city and it truly is and I visited when I was 13 after begging my parents to take me for years um and I loved it and coming out of high school I was like I don't I don't think I'm gonna move to Tennessee at 17 or 18 however old I was and take over the town yeah uh, so I think I think I'll go to college all my friends were going to college and Belmont seemed like a great school I looked up to a lot of the alumni and I mean obviously I love to learn about music so it just it felt right so I went to Belmont School of Music I studied commercial music and songwriting mm-hmm. and my my higher prerogative would have definitely been just playing since moving to Nashville. So school school and that sort of intertwined has gotten me to where I am now. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I mean, so when did you finish your degree? This June. All right. Or May. May. You know what? Actually, April, because Belmont is weird and... <laughs> like condenses things so yeah I graduated in April oh congratulations that must feel really good yeah yeah it's it's definitely strange because I mean (laughs) sister's not going to grad school I'll tell you that (laughs) but (laughs) after an entire life of being in school since you're four or five and then being like wow I'm I'm never attending school again it's very weird yeah it's Um, surreal yeah yeah it still hasn't hit (laughs) it'll it'll take a couple of months uh when i graduated uh which was a while ago uh from college with my undergrad a bunch of my friends they were all like performance majors and they you know ended up going to grad school and stuff and i knew immediately i'm like nope uh -uh, i'm done i need a break my brain can't take it anymore Um, yeah and it really, it really took like a good, I think, six months for me to kind of realize, oh shit, I'm not going back to school anymore. I'm officially an adult now. <laughs> for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way around it after you're out of school. It's like people ask you what you do and you can't be like, I'm a student. <laughs> right. Yep. Get a little scapegoat answer. <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least you're in Nashville, though, because, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, when people come to the town and they're, you know, out on Broadway or whatever, and they ask their bartender like, hey, you know, are you a musician? The answer is always going to be yes. Whereas if you go back to Scranton, PA, and then people are like, hey, so what are you doing now? Still playing music. (laughs) Right, right. It's such a different world in that regard. And like people understand um, that doing music (laughs) is a legitimate lifestyle and career here. It's very, very common, very natural. Yeah. I think I could, like, count on one hand the amount of people doing that in a town like Scranton, so. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm from a, a super small town in Delaware. It's Delaware, Ohio, so I, I totally understand that vibe. Um, <laughs> when I was I was still working my, my job at Harley, and I was just about to finish up school, and this, this customer came in and was just like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm a musician. I'm at school at you know Capital University, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, what do you really do? <laughs> and I just looked at him, and I'm like, well, obviously, my day job is working at Harley Davidson to pay the bills. Uh, what do you right, do? Right, <laughs> right. Like that's not what I. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell me about your personal life, sir. Yeah, it was. It was How the many most days have you been on this week? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, that's cool. That's good. So okay, so so you're out of Belmont now. Um, are you like? Are you looking to get like an industry job? Or are you just strictly focusing on performing? Uh, strictly focusing on performing and writing and I'm, I, I mean, I love writing whether it's for myself or for another artist or like, I love composing too, just like instrumental music. And I would love to write some music for TV and film too. So everything, everything musical and, and creative is the direction I'm going. I don't think I'm very good at much else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, being self-aware is the first step, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think everyone tries to be really good at everything, and that's just a fatal error. It can be. You're absolutely right. It can definitely be a fatal error because, you know, it's easy to, to switch your focus to something that you shouldn't be focusing on. So right. I am guilty of such, <laughs> for being totally honest. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about songwriting for a second so when you were at Belmont and taking your courses and stuff like because I don't I don't actually really even know anything about you know that like the scene there at Belmont even though Aaron is Belmont grad we haven't really talked about this um so when you were working on songwriting I mean obviously I'm guessing you did a lot of co-writing right yes yeah a lot of co-writing happens at Belmont it's a big co-writing school they kind of teach you that um Nashville's not a just a music city it's way more a co-writing city which is very true yeah yeah I can definitely feel that so what would you say is like a super big takeaway from all of the songwriting courses that you did while you were there so the songwriting courses would have been um educationally my favorite aspect of being at Belmont the teachers were professors I, I always say teachers like I'm like in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> the professors are just so well experienced like there's a professor Jody Marr who writes for Paloma Faith she's written with Steven Tyler it's just you you can't get that kind of wisdom many places um and I think the biggest thing that I've learned about music in general and it's that you need to really capitalize on your strengths and what makes you different rather than looking at the way somebody else does something and being like, oh, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't write one of those like sad boy indie songs. Like he can like, yeah, no shit. I can't do that. I am a not sad boy girl. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, you just cannot compare yourself to other people and you really have to know um, all that, all that your values are and what you want to give to the world and what sets you apart because the reason that people are going to love you is for 
what makes you different from everyone else. Right. Right. Well, and I know in, uh, you know, the few questions that I sent over to you, you've, in your opinion, you said that the hardest thing about navigating the industry was comparing yourself to others, despite everybody being in such different positions. Right, right. So obviously everyone executes things differently and obviously everyone comes into Nashville or comes into their music career in different different positions with different connections or like if you're from a city you're sort of at an advantage or if you have like a family taking you to Nashville every month or whatnot throughout high school you're at a bit of an advantage I mean things as simple as if you had a car your first year here you're at a big big advantage um and everyone just makes it quote makes it because there's what even is that but everyone gets to where they're going in such a different way there's no one way to do it like you'll see someone blowing up and you're like why is that not happening to me but you have to keep in mind there are so many factors behind everyone's story and that your story is going to happen drastically differently than everybody else's yeah absolutely and I think it's important to just allow it to unfold rather than putting a lot of pressure on yourself to, you know, always shoot for, you know, like getting the record deal or getting famous or going viral. I think we should put a little bit more focus on the actual artistry of our craft rather than trying to just go viral and make it big. One million percent. Yes, I agree with that so much. And that's something that I've only learned as of late. I've always been a huge control freak with the way things are happening in my career and say if I like in high school you know you don't get a call back for that tv show or something it's like the end of the world you're like it was supposed to happen this way it happened for them this way and it's just an unbelievable amount of pressure that I don't think anyone could really handle and it just doesn't make sense because in the end everything's gonna just happen the way that it's supposed to and I kind of want to believe that the universe would have a better storyline to write for me than I would and that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to work hard but there is a certain way that you should work hard and that would be working hard to create the best art that's how things are going to happen for you it's not working hard to like like you said like working hard to get that record deal like you're gonna you're gonna find your way into that because the world will work on that, but the world can't make you the artist that you're supposed to be. That one's all on you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's going in a quote. (laughs) 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 That is, that is the realest thing I think that you could have ever said to somebody who's trying to cut their teeth in the industry. You know, we have a, we have a lot of students at music on the move and some of them are very much, you know, looking forward to building their artist career. And I think that especially with the climate of social media and pretty much what every, every young person is doing right now is they're just trying to go viral and there's not a whole lot of authenticity behind what they're doing. It's extremely true. And I've caught myself in that wormhole time and time again and I'm gonna beat myself up over it almost every time until I realize okay factors behind it you don't know how this is being pushed right or like the amount of luck that that could take and 
at the end of the day, like Sean Mendes, for example, I think we forget that he even went viral and that's how things happen for him. He's just where he's, he's just where he is now. And it really doesn't matter how it happened. Right. But yeah, that's definitely a huge mind game, social media in general, or even follower counts, like goddamn follower counts. (laughs) It's, it's so funny. Like, if I went to if I went to prep school, I'd have a bigger follower ca- count, and would that get me a record deal over my current position? Maybe, possibly. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I don't know, but again, that's like something that's out of your control. You can't you can't control the universe. The universe can kind of control you, but you can <laughs> control what you're putting into it. Yeah, one hundred percent, and. As long as what you're putting into it is the most authentic version of yourself and, you know, who you are as a human, when the day comes that either you go viral or you get the record deal or whatever, when, when things start to happen for you, at least you know it was because you did the work. You earned it. Yes. Yeah. I love that because um, if things happen on the wrong time, maybe it wasn't your best moment that you wanted something to happen. Right. And that's gonna, you know, that's gonna sort of brand you there. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna start to paint a picture. And unfortunately, if it's not the right picture, that's hard to get away from. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So being authentic 100% of the time, which is hard in today's world to be completely authentic, especially with the way like everything on social media is some version of fake. Yeah. But, um, you're just putting out positivity or at least putting out honesty there's going to be there's going to be somebody probably many people who will relate to it and there's just there's nothing worse an artist can do than be inauthentic that's sort of the whole job Exactly. It is the job for sure. I think also, you know, thinking about, you know, I mean, with authenticity, you're right. It's it's hard to just always be 100% there. But if if we're trying to just be humans and understand that, you know, everybody makes mistakes and not everybody's perfect. If we have enough grace in our hearts to be like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like Luke Bryan's not perfect. Miranda Lambert's not perfect. I sure as hell am not perfect. But we can identify with each other on so many different levels and still be able to respect each other at the end of the day for what we're able to do. Definitely. Yeah. It just definitely takes an amount of understanding. And I think people forget to be understanding with people who are artists or 
just in a, in a field like this, yeah. people just forget that they have a, a different life outside of their art. Right. They forget that they're humans too. And, you know, nobody was created perfect. So why are we expecting perfection 100% of the time? Right. Yeah. Right. There would not be, there would not be a lot of great songs if everyone was perfect. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> true. Some of the be best songs. Some bangers. I yeah. know. Some of the best songs are written about the shittiest people. <laughs> well okay so you know in in light of being authentic and true to oneself so you are you're working on an ep right now yeah i am i've been working on an ep for a long time in light of being authentic a little too long (laughs) (laughs) well and and it's gonna happen in the right time that it just let it happen you know right so, yeah. uh, so I read that like you, you've written this EP and you're also co-producing it. Yeah. So I started producing in my basement. I got this old computer to work that I don't even know how it came into my possession <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was um, back at home in Scranton at the beginning of quarantine And I was like, oh, this is going to work. It's like this old Mac. But then I got it to work and I started learning to produce on GarageBand on that. And I started writing a ton of new songs, having learned how to produce. And um, then I really got a particular idea of exactly how I wanted these songs to be by doing that. I've always been pretty particular about that. And I learned that getting super strong demos or even like, just frameworks which is pretty much what I was doing for what you want the final product to be like then you can't go wrong because then that's how you know that it's going to turn out the way you want it a lot of times you could get into a session um and start recording something and you're like this isn't this isn't how I wanted it to turn out and if you put the work in ahead of time like I had for each of these songs that are going to be on the EP um anyone who helps you along the way like my co-producers they're gonna have a much easier time of executing the vision that you had right yeah that's awesome so can you can you talk about who you co-produced it with yeah so right now i'm finishing up the songs with um actually a friend of mine josh emmons who works at Omni Sound Studio on Division, and it's been so great to get to record there. Like the just the quality that comes from there, I cannot do on Logic. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and the huge Yamaha Grand Piano that I've gotten to use for a few of the songs, oh, which wow. are, um, yeah, yeah, I got to use that for interludes that are going to be on the ep and for my song maybe i did change and i got to use a real Wurlitzer and a real roads so having that genuine instrumental aspect to these songs is something that i realized is super important to me it's it's really a, a common thing for everything to just come from one keyboard or just like come from logic and I I was falling into that pit, I would say, but then I sort of realized that every single one of my influences, every single musician I look up to that I want a career like, um, they've always been using real instruments. Yeah. So, so I wanted it to be as real as possible. 
That is super cool. So in the last uh, Paradox Jukebox episode with my friend Will Newsom, we were talking about the use of, you know, real instruments uh, as opposed to the virtual instruments. And there's such a different feel to them. And there is, because, I mean, I can't play, I can't play a guitar on my Yamaha keyboard like a guitar player can play on his Gibson. Like right. It's, it's going to be a genuine difference and there's going to be so much more heart and soul to it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, having that, the sound that's in the box compared to, you know, using your Wurlitzer organ with like a Leslie speaker or something like that, there's no comparison. No, no, not at all. And that was something that Josh, uh, who I'm working on the rest of these songs with, um, had convinced me of because I almost settled on um, some synthetic instrumentation on a few of the songs. And he was like, no, you, you got to come in if if you want it. You, you just got to go all the way. Yeah. And as an independent musician, that's that's an investment to make. But there's no use in putting something out that you can't be fully proud of. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, <laughs> Will said the same thing. So he he did uh, an interlude with a string quartet and he paid the money to have, you know, friends of his come in and they recorded it live. And I told him, I said, the second like the, the moment that I listened to that interlude, I knew that it was acoustic strings because there was nothing else that would emulate that sound. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It really does shine through. There's just uh, so much emotion to them, especially strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, synth strings have gotten so real. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they do sound great on a lot of things, but there is just something so gorgeous about real strings and real instruments in general. Even well, drums just I, have so much beef to them. Yeah, I, and you know, I don't even think that I've seen a, like a Wurlitzer Wurlitzer organ up close. So tell me about what that was like to play it. Oh, super cool! So um, they're they're a lot more lightweight than a classic grand piano. It's um, it's kind kind of more keyboardish than piano ish. Mm-hmm. Um, very very seventies eighties looking um yeah you could just tell you could just tell it's something special i i don't know exactly how to describe it but (laughs) but it's just it's just got that special sort of vinyl feel to it oh cool (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome okay so so tell us a little bit about like because you had said in in your uh, answers that, to my questions that I sent over, you said that there was a bit of self-discovery that is really going to come through on this EP. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, the whole premise of the EP is just pretty much self-discovery and living out every moment and every emotion to the fullest, even if it's just something little, making it a moment. So you sort of get to dissect like how that makes you feel or who you were in that moment, what it made you, how it made you who you are now. And, um, you know, like learning to love yourself in that process, because I think you really need to go through a lot and do a lot of things wrong. And then, um, then you sort of, you just become who you're meant to be. So that's what it's about. Just romanticizing every moment. 
Yeah, and I loved how you said that, um, you know, there, there aren't really any romantic love songs on it because it's about romanticizing your own life. Right, right. So it's called Hopeless Romanticism, partially because um, I love the romantic era of music, and that's inspired the interludes that are on it, and it's inspired a lot of, like, the string sounds and... Even the way I play piano, I listen to a lot of romantic era music like Tchaikovsky and Chopin. Yeah. Um, so those are some other influences there. But yeah, it's just I, I've always been a hopeless romantic just in life in general, mm-hmm. dreaming big. And I, I think that's like a huge way of romanticizing life, um, looking at just different steps in your life as if like they're kind of just parts of your book or parts of your movie. So that's what the CP is. That's awesome. I'm so stoked for it. So, uh, and, and just, just so that I can hear you play this organ, like the second that it comes out, I'm totally buying it. So I want a hard copy cause I want it signed. Just saying. Oh my gosh. Okay. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's so cool. Um, Okay, so with this EP, I, I don't want to give too much away because obviously we want everybody to go and take a listen to it. But uh, the song that you want to feature is New Hustle, correct? Right. So tell us a, just a, a little bit about New Hustle. You don't have to give too much away. So New Hustle is the first song on the EP. It's like the opener to the experience of the EP, I would say. Um, and that one is just super about romanticizing your life (laughs) and, um, just like being, being your own main character and deciding that whatever reality you want to create for yourself, you could, and you just kind of have to spite what anyone might say and anyone who tries to bring you down in the process and just be your own vision of yourself. That's awesome. So since since you're talking about, you know, being your own vision of yourself. So tell us about what is your vision of yourself? Who are you, Alyssa Lazar, as an artist? I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty goofy gal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As an artist, uh, my main prerogative is to just bring extremely just raw cinematic passion to music like that of Elton John, like that of Queen, a, a little bit of sort of a theatrical aspect, I would say, because, I mean, that's kind of who I am in person. I'm pretty bold, which comes to a fault at sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I think what I really want to do is just push people to be bolder and to make make moves that are a little riskier and just to be the biggest versions of themselves. That's sort of why I dress so, so out there and I try to dress as bold as possible because I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't always that way. I I was always that way deep down, but it takes um, learning to be really comfortable with who you are and to love who you are to be able to, let that come through um, when you're interacting with other people or uh, like outside of yourself. I think that is incredible. And I think it's very brave and very bold of you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and I mean, 
<laughs> it's like I said at the beginning of this interview, you know, I, I definitely see a lot of Elton in you, but I think it's wonderful that you're pulling from people like Elton and like, you know, Queen, you know, Freddie Mercury, you know, you talk about two individuals who really pushed boundaries and they, you know, it wasn't that they were necessarily, I mean, I'm sure they were afraid to be themselves at certain points, but then finally they came into their own and they were able to just live life the way that they were always meant to. And they didn't have to worry about burying that deep down anymore. And 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And we need more people like that, like you who are like, Nope, this is who I am. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to be outlandish and I'm going to do my thing. And you should definitely do your thing too. You know, that's, that's how other musicians get inspired. That's how students get inspired as they see people like you going out there and doing it. And they're like, well, shit, if, if Alyssa can do it, then I can do it. Oh, I love that. And I, totally agree um that's that's a other huge reasons why i look up to artists like freddie mercury and elton john and queen and um lady gaga so much because they do push people to come out of their boxes whether it's like through live performances or just like who they are as people you you know you see an example of someone doing that and you're like oh i, I love their music i feel like i know them i i think i could do that too yeah. Well, and it's all about connection. That's what music is. That's what songwriting is. Definitely. And, you know, when, you, when you're a Lady Gaga and you're encouraging all of your little monsters out there to, you know, be the most true version of themselves, it, that is life-changing. You know, that's a big step oh, for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, and you, you know it can't be easy for her all the time to be that way. And she she does exert an energy that makes it seem like it's so natural for her, which I think is what made it so easy for her fans to do so. But it took a lot of growing and a lot of learning to believe in herself to be able to feel that way, I would say. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, many people don't realize that, you know, long before she was Lady Gaga, she was Stephanie Germanata. You yeah. Know? And it took really for her for her career to launch it it took the birth of lady gaga to really get her there and yeah and you know in some ways i feel like there's you know there's a stigma with that like you know people want to throw shade and say yeah well she just she went outlandish so so that she could get famous no she she brought forth something inside of herself that the music industry needed you know yeah she was like everybody's jaws just kind of hit the floor when she came onto the scene but then when you really started to look at what she was capable of, that woman is one of the most talented females in the industry. Oh, she is. She is of all time. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, and I'm so glad that, you know, she started doing that tour with Tony Bennett and really showing a different side of herself because then people started to go, oh, she's not just like this crazy chick who puts on weird ass meat costumes and makeup and things. No, she's a real musician and she's highly talented. Right. And I love that. I love that she proved them wrong and that they all have, <laughs> they they don't have a leg to stand on in saying that she came, she became so big because of her outlandishness. Um, because I think a lot of people think that that's so easy to do to undermine a reason why a woman is so successful especially like lady gaga um but her outlandishness once you got to know her as an artist just 
actually came from a place of authenticity. So uh, that's why she got to where she is. Because she was just always authentic, just in a big, big, bold way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I think you just hit something right there where you said that, you know, you know, people want to undermine it, you know, especially because she's a female. Like, I really feel that a lot of that type of mentality and that type of thinking, I'm hoping at least, uh, I feel like it's it's starting to kind of melt, at least in the pop scene. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that for country at all. No. Um, but I think that women in pop right now are fearless leaders. And, I mean, you got people like, you know, Meg the Stallion, who is a queen. And, you know, of course, we have Beyonce, and she's always been a queen. But there's there's so many other fantastic pop artists that are females that are you know, they're out there and they're showing people like, I am as powerful as any man that you've ever met, if not more so. And just because I am a woman doesn't mean that I am, you know, less talented or less business savvy. I mean, that is, in my mind, that's one of the worst things about country music. And I'm I'm waiting for the day where female artists get represented in, in Nashville and on country music radio country music radio stations better because there's so much good country music out there that is being written by women and nobody knows about it. Oh my gosh. No, I know. Even just the people that I know who I'm watching grow and become big in the industry. I would say I know more females in music than I do males Mm -hmm. in general. Like, I mean, for example, in my Belmont classes, the ratios were like, you know, nine girls in a class and three boys and you look at it and you're like, okay, how does it work itself out that all the songwriters who are getting credited are guys when it's mostly girls <laughs> that are pursuing this um, right now? How does that one happen? Huh? I know. It boggles the mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How curious. <laughs> well, I I think that, you know, what you're doing is is super powerful and I'm so excited for this EP to come out. I know we have to wait a little bit for it, but I know it's going to be worth the wait and I hope that you really enjoy the rest of the process and, you know, just let it happen organically and then, and then there's I'm I know there's no way that you can be proud, you know, of what comes out of it. Thank you. Thank you. That's super nice. Thank you so much. For sure. So before we wrap up, I have to ask you one question, and this might even be the hardest question I've even asked you this entire interview. Oh, gosh. What is your favorite Elton John song? Uh (laughs) Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Yes! Get the hell out. That is my favorite song, too. Actually, my favorite song of all time ever. Oh, I knew we were meant to be friends. That's it's that is my favorite Elton John song by far. I love that song so damn much. Oh my gosh. I don't think it gets much more genius than that song. It's just stunning. The key changes, the lyrics, like you could just dive into those lyrics and find new meaning to it every single time you listen to it. Yes. One hundred percent. Ah yes. I love it. <laughs> okay, all right. Now second favorite song. In general or Elton? Elton. Ooh, okay. That's a tough one. 
maybe harmony <gasps> yes that is an amazing that, song that has a similar energy as goodbye yellow brick road it's on the same album um yeah. also love mona lisa's and mad hatters mm-hmm. yep that is yeah uh, it's just the pinnacle of songwriting huh I have to agree. Well, you know, the first introduction I got to that song, uh, to Harmony, I was at uh, Valentino's. Have you ever been there? I have not. Okay, it's a beautiful Italian restaurant. And my friend Terry actually was, uh, like, and this was before COVID and the shutdown and everything. She was their in-house musician. She, you know, played piano and um, she's been in Nashville for years and she's played with literally everybody you could think of. And so we were just sitting there having a glass of wine and she's like, what do you want to hear, Katie? I said, oh, play me some Elton. I love Elton. And she starts playing harmony. And I had never actually heard that one. I don't know why, but I literally just like, I started to cry. It, that is one of those songs that could do that to you. It's, just an amazing song and I, I don't know how it's not more famous i know i know i wish that it was oh okay so now we just need to freaking hang out and like sit and listen to some elton records like oh my I, gosh no i know i feel like we're friends already i know <laughs> we're about to be best friends this is great okay well the next time i'm down in nashville i'm gonna text you and be like yo it's time for some some records and you know let's get some tacos or something that sounds absolutely lovely. Love it. All right. Well, Alyssa Lazar, thank you so very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Alyssa, my friend, thank you so much for being on the show. That was awesome. I loved all of your wisdom that you imparted to our listeners. I'm sure that they're going to appreciate it. So make sure that you guys check out New Hustle. It is out everywhere that you get your music, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. Links will be in the show notes. So make sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will definitely give you a shout out. And also, too, if you would like to submit yourself as an artist to be on Paradox Jukebox, please email me, C-A-I-T-I-E, at musiconthemovestudios.com. And if you want to learn more about us, you can find us at musiconthemovestudios.com. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.